Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Okay. And this is good for you, Alyssa. Is there a formula for... (laughs) I know, it's like, what's going to happen? Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hello and welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 53, Hustle Humbly, uh, the Q&A episode. I'm really excited about this. This is Katie here. Alyssa. Alyssa, you're excited and you have no idea what most of the questions are. That's why I'm excited because like I couldn't even prepare for this episode. It'll, I'm going to put you right on the spot. Yeah. Okay. You have to answer too. I'm going to answer as well. And okay. So here are the disclaimers. The questions are not (laughs) in any particular order. They are not in any particular topic. Um, I think there are some that I'm going to tell you there was a question and then say this is an all whole episode because we're not going to be able <laughs> to do the whole thing. Right. So we're going to start. We're going to start with something easy. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Um, from Columbus, Ohio. Question is, have you ever been up for a listing against each other? How did you handle it? <laughs> <laughs> the only one I'm aware of is in our old neighborhood. Yep. Where I used to live and you lived there too, but we did not live there at the same time. Correct. But you still like kept in touch with your database. I had a lot of contact there. there. Yes. And this couple had called me to list their house. Yes. And I called them back. They didn't only call you though, or I didn't know that there were a lot. They had called a lot of people. Um, They did not make it sound like they were interviewing. They made it sound like, "Oh, you live in this neighborhood. Come sell my house. Come sell my house." Right. And so I said, "Sure." And I called them to come, and they said, "Don't worry about it. Our agent is already scheduled pictures." Right. And I said, your agent? Who's your agent? <laughs> and you're like, wait, that's me. And they said, Katie, and I did not know you. Th- that should have been our first disclaimer. We weren't technically up against each other in that we were in the, we were not even friends. No, I had no we idea. I don't think we had other. ever met. No. At that point? No, I don't think so. But, you know, I walked my neighborhood a lot. And every time I passed your sign, I was like, that, 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 that Katie, girl, she, she snagged that me. one right out from under me. You weren't the only one that felt that way. <laughs> um, there were others involved. There were they did they they interviewed in my air quotes many agents because they oh. were emailing around and they had some of my old postcards because I used to send postcards yes. to the neighborhood. Yes. Um, and to be fair, if we were to have a listing we were in competition for now, we just wouldn't be like one of us would go. Yeah. Like we wouldn't both go. We actually had that kind of recently where we had a mutual friend Mm -hmm. looking to move here. Yeah. But I felt like you knew her better. Right. I think we're, I think we're adult enough to be like community over competition. (laughs) Like let's, let's really suss this out. Like we're not, 
I guess the point is we won't ever be in competition. I don't think so. If, as Unless long as we know. If we don't know. Yeah. Right. If you didn't know, that would be different. And I guess if it was like a seller interviewing for agents and we were all going and I knew you were going and I knew I was going, then we would all just do our thing. I wouldn't go. You wouldn't go. You can go. Good news. You, you just got it. <laughs> I'm not going. I just, um, and I will go beyond just us because I know some of you are like, well, you're in a special situation. Yeah. Even in my last office, I had my kind of faux teammate, my partner, you know, my agent that I bounced ideas off of. Sure. And, you know, that we sort of worked on things together. Um, if If I went into a place and saw someone I knew she knew, and they were talking about selling their house, I would immediately run and tell her, you need to contact right. so-and-so. They're yes. in your sphere. Yes. I know they're in your sphere and they want to sell their house. So um, I don't think that you have to be in competition with your, your close friends. So a newer agent um, that l- went to put out a sign for me, mm-hmm. a sign in a lockbox. Yes. And while she was out there, a neighbor came mm-hmm. and was like, hey, there's like three of us that want to sell. That want to sell. And I was like, that's great. She goes, yeah. So I gave them your cards and told them how wonderful you were. <laughs> and I went, no, you take you. That was for you. The, the and she was like, oh. <laughs> okay, right. So look, if you've got the right people in your corner, you're not ever going to have a problem with this issue. But I told her, I said, next <laughs> for time you. that you were at the right place at, at the, the right, right time. Place. Sell yourself. I love it. Okay. Well, yeah. And as long as you lean into community over competition, (laughs) you're not really, we're not going to have this problem. And I'm like, I sent you to put the sign out because I didn't want to drive that far away. You you should reap the rewards. Yes. Yes, You should reap the rewards. So I don't want to put three more signs out. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) You're like, I don't want it. I don't want, I didn't want to go one time. I don't want to go back three more. (laughs) Like that's all you, boo. No, thanks. Okay. Next from Arizona. How do you learn to comp a house? Since they don't teach you that in real estate school. <laughs> I'm sorry why this episode is making me so giggly. Um, what They don't teach a lot of stuff in real estate school. Right, yeah. And we've talked about that before. So how do you learn to comp a house? Or how do you know to comp a house? Or what did you do in the beginning to learn to comp a house? I think this CMA summary okay. was my friend. Still my Still friend. my friend. But the good thing about it is that it's just data. Right. Agree. And it's not really what I think. It's what, what data I can find. Yep. And if it's just in a normal neighborhood, nothing too tricky. The CMA summary is your friend. It's simple math, plus or minus. Yep. But if it's a unique or tricky house, yeah. I mean, you could have, I mean, appraisers struggle. Right. You could have five appraisals on the same house and they're all, all going different to numbers. be different. Yep. And so it's really, I don't ever give my sellers... A magic number. Oh, like this is the number? This is the, yes. I might say, I think our range is going to be between, yes, you know, 375 and 389. Yes. Maybe if we want to be competitive, we can list at 379.9. Right. If you, if you're in a hurry or if you want to hang tight at 385. Right. It's going to take longer. So, you know, it's just a conversation. I, guess. I think that's fine. I'm certain in the beginning I took a class because you know I like to oh, take yes. a class. Yes. Um, and I still use that summary. I think you're right. It's just data. And I think that um, I also leaned on my broker, mm-hmm. you know, or find a partner. That's the whole thing. I know we all feel like we're lone wolves, but you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You need to find someone who's good at doing a CMA or market report and 
comping a house and ask them or partner up with an appraiser that you're friends with and yes. who can walk you through it. But once you've done it enough times, you're going to become comfortable in your own assessment and your mm-hmm. own skills. But I probably still, if I had a tricky one, I would go, Hey, can you look at this with me and ask another agent or ask an appraiser? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you don't have to know the answer on your own. Um, and this is a practice makes perfect situation. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's gotten way easier over time. Um, so that's my, that's my thought on that. Agreed. I do give a few comping tips in my class though. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. there, I mean, like there, I think there's some things you can do, but even, even still. Um, okay. The next question. All right. I feel like we're going to go with this. Okay. <laughs> what, what do you do with a buyer lead? And how do you prep for your buyer consultation? Oh, <laughs> okay. So like I have a new buyer. You got a brand new buyer lead. Let's, let's start with the lead. What are you going to do? Quickly though, because we're... Quickly we're, ask the preliminary questions <laughs> about, do you have an agent? Where are you in the process? Have you talked to a lender? Okay. They're like, no, I haven't really talked to a lender. So I say, okay, great. No problem. That's yeah. normal. You're going to make them go to yeah, a lender Yeah, here's first. what we're going to do. We're going to go to a lender and you're going to know your budget yeah. down to the penny and everything's going to be great. You're going to have all your goals. Yes. We get them with the lender and then my template goes out. That's like, congrats, you're pre-approved and Uh here's the rules and here's what we're doing and here's how it works. (laughs) Thank thank you for speaking through that. Yeah. You're going to like make them go to see a lender. Yes. And then you're going to send them their, their, your pre-approved email. Yes. And they're going to know. And I also immediately the write their name down in my Trello. Fair. Okay. Because if I don't write their name down, the second they come in. Yeah. You're you're not going to do it later. Agree. Do you take notes while you're on the phone with them? Yes. I do too. I take I have copious to. notes. Me too. Because as soon as I hang up, I also won't remember half Same. of what they said. Okay. I think that's fair. And then how do you prep for the buyer consultation? Now, I know you like to go sometimes mm-hmm. to that pre-approval appointment with the lender. I have never in my entire 15 years done that. And that has changed since COVID, right. obviously, because people are doing more over the phone pre-approvals. Okay. Well, that brings me to a good question. Do you find that you've lost anything in not being no. there? So mm-hmm. you might not go anymore. Um, Tell me how it's going to go. There are a few buyers that I felt didn't know the right questions to ask while they were there. Okay. And are they're asking me more lending questions. That you were like, call that your lender. Normally, we just answer at the consultation Makes sense. when I go with them to get okay. pre-approved. But it's not a big deal. I just refer them back to the lender. Fine. And I really only like to go to those if I've never met these people before. Because you want to start your relationship there. There. Okay. At, the, at the money talk table. I like that. But, um, Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you how I prep for my buyer consultation. Okay. I typically, um, I don't meet in the office. Mm-hmm. I just give you a one showing freebie <laughs> consultation. Right, right. So I have all of my buyer folders pre-packed and then I would just print up the listing that we're going to and maybe the CMA for that neighborhood so they have an idea of what the heck that looks like. And then I just cover all of that in a original listing. I mean, original showing. Yes. But you don't get any more than one freebie. Right. Like you get the one, you get your buyer consult. If I meet you and I'm like, whoa, this is not going to work out. 
But we've already vetted them on the phone. Yes. And they're already pre-approved. I'm not meeting you for the free showing without a pre-approval. That's important. I was going to say that. Yeah, yes. You still have to be. You still have to be pre-approved. You do not. No one gets a free showing without a pre-approval. Before we go look, I ask them to send me. I say, I know you look online. Can you send me some that have caught your eye? Yeah, I like that. And what's good about that is that I make notes next to each house Uh and say, Hey, just want to let you know, this one's in a flood Mm -hmm. zone. The flood insurance is this much. Mm -hmm. And so it's already teaching them things to look for. Yeah. Other than just the pictures. Yeah. I like that. Oh, that's a great segue. Hold on. Let me find this next one. How do you get buyers out to actually see properties? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, this is from Texas. (gasps) We were laughing when we read this one because yes. she, she to was, be fair, it was an extremely long message, not just a simple question. I have basically she had more than one buyer who was looking at the photos online and then just being like, "No, I'm good. I don't want to go see it. I don't want to see anything." And my brain was saying, "Cherish that buyer <laughs> right. because they obviously know what they want." Right. And they don't want to waste your time going to look if it's not what they want. Yes. But I think the secret is saying, I know you don't want to go see this one. Can you tell me why? I will tell you, yes, agree. And I will tell you what I would add to that is once they do tell you they want to see something, I have many times sprung additional houses on people while we were out. Mm -hmm. So if they keep emailing me, whatever, and I've figured out what they're looking for and they still are not wanting to see one because of the pictures... And we're going nearby to the one they want to see. I will force them to go yeah, see. Let's just go walk through it really fast. Guess what? I mean, back in the day, because you and I don't think either of us do this, but back in the day, I mean, buyers were trapped inside of their realtor's car. Oh, man. And the realtor took them wherever they wanted them to go. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I, I add them on. And that's something I probably don't do in the beginning. So if she's never been able to get them off the computer and to look at a house in person, it may be that they're just not ready to buy, right? I mean, like if they're not wanting to see anything, I always tell agents because they're like, well, I just wonder, um, ask them all those questions that you're wondering. Just ask. Just ask just them. Say, hey, just say, hey, are you feeling unprepared? <laughs> right. Do you not like this area or yeah. are you not motivated because of time frame? Yeah. You know, you can add all the things that you're wondering. Just, just ask. ask. And they're like, wow, I never thought about that. But yes, it's, and that's the same thing. Like if you're feeling self-conscious about a seller, wondering if they're, just ask. I know, know, hey guys, are y'all okay? I just want to check in, let you know I'm here. How are you feeling? Because we're afraid to hear the response. We're very afraid to hear the response. (laughs) So this is not just easy to do. You are going to have to psych yourself up a little. But I will also say I'm typically, it's going to go over better on the phone. Mm-hmm. So if you have to ask a tough question yes. or you're worried about a situation or you're stressed about how a seller or a buyer is feeling or you can't understand what their mindset is, don't send a text or an email. Mm-mm. Pick up the phone, call, approach them with kindness. They will return the favor typically. Sure. I mean, you're not going to call a seller and be like, hey, I'm worried. You know, I'm just checking in. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I just wanted to hear you know, what's going on. They're not going to start yelling at you. You called them. Yes. So you preemptively are saving that call when they start yelling at you. Yes. Okay. I like that. So ask the questions. Ask Ask the questions. Why? What can I do to search differently? Do I need to change my search? And they may say, you know, we just know that this is something we like and none of these houses have them. But, you know, on the flip side of that, if you have a buyer that wants to see every single house. That's the worst. 
I think our client management episode really talks about what to do in that situation, yeah. but helping them filter. They got to figure it out. Yes. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think that, um, I just, yeah, I mean, you don't, I don't know. I had a thought, but it's gone. I just feel like you don't want to show too many houses. You don't want to show not enough. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. A lot of times you will find people it's your, cause you know, that's my niche, 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 whatever. Um, move up buyers. So the two closes where you got to sell your house and then buy the new one, those people, y'all, they start looking two, three years out of buying. They really do. They're not going to move from their house with their dog and their baby unless they find the right house, right? Yeah. Or or a series of the right houses that start to push them over the fence, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you have to have ultimate patience with some buyers and not you can't force them to look. And you and if they're waiting for something that they haven't seen yet, you, you're probably better off that they're not making you go look at everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Just let them be. Not every buyer's going to They'll be ready when they're ready. They Exactly. But you know what? That also brings up whenever, and I said this so many times to leads, leads over the years, they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't think I want to buy for six months. I'll, I have said, that's okay. I'll still be here. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. It's fine. I'm not going. You know, you don't want to sell your house for two years. We did the pre-listing appointment and they feel so bad. They're like, I'm so sorry. We've decided not to sell right now. That's fine. I'll be here in two years. You hang on to my number. I'll check in on you. The end. Right. It's not the end of the world. Nothing to be sad about. Nope. Okay. Are you ready for another question from Texas? Yeah. Okay. Alyssa, how do you deal with a client who's upset after losing multiple in multiple offers? So I've had this happen a few times. And this is what I tell them. Okay. And it is the truth. Let's hear it. Which is crazy that it's true. I'm, I'm the dying. Tr- I'm on the edge of my seat. The truth is that in the nine years that I have been selling real estate, uh-huh. even in the situations where things seem to be going south, not working out, in the end, it was always better. better. Same. And I don't know how or why, but I tell people all the time, you have to trust the process. Yes. And you know, because we already had that conversation, that yeah. this offer you made was the most that, that you, you were willing do. to pay yeah, for that As long house. as you were given the opportunity to do your highest and best, then yes. you have to be okay with that. And if you weren't given the opportunity and you made an offer and just got rejected and were told no, yeah, again... There's nothing we could have done about that. Nope. That's the way that seller chose to handle that yeah. situation. And for whatever reason, whatever you believe in, fate, karma, God, the door closed. And yeah. you just have to realize that that it was out of your control yeah. and it will be better. I agree. It, uh, every time. And I've had... And I'm not making, I, I, I'm like, I'm not making that up to no. make you feel better. It always but works I've out. But I've just never seen it not work out. Yeah. And they're like, wow, that, that kind of, and I'm like, just trust the process. This isn't your house. Trust the process. Yeah. Because when you make them think, okay, well, maybe in six months, the AC on this house is going to die. Yeah. You'll never know that. No. No need to hang on to the sadness or anger that you lost. Just move on to the next house. Right. Okay. I love it. Um. Okay. This is. A good one. How do you handle a new property popping up that a client doesn't want to miss out on, but you don't want to be a Pop-Tart agent? You know, I preach the Pop-Tart agent, don't be it. And I think it depends on your buyer. Okay. 
kind of like how we tell our buyers, like I'm as motivated as you are. Mm-hmm. If you are someone that wants to write an offer as soon as you find the house and you're highly motivated mm-hmm. and you, you've done all your homework and you're pre-approved and what you're looking for is highly sought after. Yeah. We may have to, for this one buyer. Yeah. And you don't, they're not all motivated no. in that way. No. You may have one at a time every now and then. Yeah. But for that buyer, you kind of need to be on call. Yeah. And if you can't get there, you need to have someone you can call to say, hey, my buyer really needs to see this house. It's probably going to be a multiple offer situation. Can you be there? Yeah. This is when you need your partner. Yes. We've discussed this. You're, someone you know, that you Someone can that can help you. You need someone to help you. We've discussed that in a previous episode. We've discussed, you know, how you deal with these types of buyers. If you're, if I completely agree with what you've said. Even though we're always preaching boundaries and, you know, having rules for your business, you know the market. You know if they're looking in the hottest neighborhood. and It's part of the job. It's just part of it. And it doesn't mean every single buyer requires you to jump out at 6 p.m. and go Mm -hmm. see a house, Mm -mm. you know, an hour later or whatever. And if this house has been on the market 65 days, it can wait. Yeah, that can wait. You know, it's just, it's very buyer and market specific. I agree. Okay. I think you've got that one. Okay. I like this one. How has this from Chicago? How has business changed since having kids? (laughs) Do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go first because I got, I had a moment to think about it before. Uh, Okay. Number one, I, we both started the business. I want to say before we had children. Yes. I know that we have tons of listeners who started as moms. They were already moms. Uh, bless you, because I don't even think I could have done it. I don't know, like, how I would have transitioned. I just don't know. I just don't know. Because since being a mom and being a little bit further into my career, so I got my license in 2005. My daughter was born at the end of 2009. So I had, I got through the hard three years. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I was able to maybe say no a little easier after after having kids. I mean, sometimes you have to say no because you have to. You have no choice. I got to feed this baby. Like, yeah. I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned to ask for help a mm-hmm. little bit better. Yeah. I think I learned that you need to have a partner or someone in the business who's going to get your back and, and going to help you when you have to go deliver your baby because mm-hmm. you can't afford to lose the commission on the house that you need to show while you're in the hospital. Yeah. Like, I think I just learned to ask for help. Having kids at times takes away, it forces you to have no control at some time. Yeah, I think like that's if good. School calls and it's yeah. like someone has to be here in 15 minutes because there's a fever. Uh-huh. She has a fever. Uh-huh. You have no choice but yeah. to cancel. There's no way around it. Yeah. You know, and before I had Haven, I feel like. Tanner was loving his job. Yeah. I was loving my job. And we were both just loving our careers. Right. And I would work all the time. Yeah. Didn't mind at all. Yeah. And then after, I just realized, like, that's not really what it's what about. What it's all about. Right. But see, if left to my own devices, I would yep. just work, work, work. Because there's yeah. nothing forcing you to stop. Right. And right. you love what you do. That's, yes. That's the other part of it. We're not doing it and like grimacing the whole time. No. I'm happy to do it. It's fun, but to a point. And yeah. then you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've got to take a break. And kids will just force you to take a break. Mm-hmm. Even Shut it though, off. Even though being a mom is technically work as well. Mm-hmm. It's just 
different part of your brain, a different, you know, it's just different. I just know, and I, I purposefully do this. I will not open my email until I drop her off at school. Yeah. Even if it's something that I'm anxiously waiting for, like I gotta get, we gotta because it doesn't matter. Yes. Because if I open my email and it's not there, Mm -hmm. I'm grumpy until she gets to school. Or if I open my email and it's there, but maybe it's not the response I wanted, it affects our morning. Mm -hmm. So I feel like she made me implement boundaries in areas. Yes. My time is more divided now. Yes. So I have to be more efficient. Yeah. I think that's all good. All good things. It's all good. The And I just knew the whole time I was pregnant with Haven that my business was over. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. The year she was born in February of 2017, 2017 is still my record year. Really? Oh, wow. And I think, too, it's because I was worried people would leave me and think she had a baby, she can't do this. Mm -hmm. But really, they respected my time more. Mm -hmm. They were willing to wait a a day or two or until next week or... Yeah, it was just and because you were forced to say no, and they weren't going to say. I had never said no before. And boy, didn't we learn! And then when I started saying no, I was getting all these positive affirmations. You're like, oh, okay. Like people were handling it really well, and not only that, but they liked me more. I know because you were more professional. It's just amazing. Oh, I think it is amazing. Okay, moving on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about our kids all day. Wait, we'll put a pin in it. Okay. How are right, this is sort of a two parter ish. Okay. And this is good for you, Alyssa. Is there a formula for mm. <laughs> I know it's like what's gonna happen? Uh, is there a formula for saving to buy an investment? A squared plus B squared <laughs> equals C squared. Uh, no, 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 there's not. And no I think formula. it's it depends on your income. Yep. And how much you can allocate per paycheck. Yes. I try to put away 28% per paycheck for taxes Uh because none of ours are taken out. Right. And I try to put away 15% per paycheck into savings. Yes. So maybe 15% per paycheck. That sounds good. If you need to. But I think it just evaluate your income and see what you can do and set a goal for if you want to buy a $200,000 house, you need $40,000. Fair. Hello, friends. We are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes. Listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. I know. Just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah. Nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna it's love gonna it. change your life literally fired my <laughs> assistant they are the best <laughs> okay, enjoy the template yes enjoy okay how do you budget your daily life um there's an app <laughs> love it there's an app for that which app do you use <laughs> i use the every dollar app okay. by dave ramsey yes 
and it syncs with your, you set your budget up uh-huh. and then it syncs with your debit card and you drag each transaction, transaction to the appropriate to the column and oh. there's a red line that tells you, or it's green until it gets full and if you go over it turns red. And then it's like no Alyssa, And then it's like no more. Too many lunches out. Too many lunches or too many. But the thing that I like about it is that most people think that means I have to cut back. But you don't. No. If if you have the income or like you can increase certain areas and as long as you're meeting your like your uh-huh. budget isn't always to restrain you. Right. It gives you permission to spend that much per oh, month. Oh, I like that. That's, that's a great that's, way to look at it. That's my mindset on the budget. The Love budget it. is not to be restricting. It's giving you permission to spend your money how you want. Perfect. In a, in a way you've predetermined. Yeah. Love it. Okay. I also would like to say about that, um, you will learn. I know we have new agents and agents without non people who are still getting their license you will see what your business is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it will typically be pretty consistent. And as mm-hmm. you change things and it grows and time moves on, it will grow. And every year, your my income has been never a question. It has always been consistent. And if it went up the next year, great. And then it would be consistent. Like, I'm just Isn't that never, funny? Like you would think we'd be so up and down, but once you get your systems in place, it's, it's, it's just fine. fine. But yeah. I will also say this, um, the year that my daughter was born, so my first child and how did kids change your life? my business did drop off significantly that first year of her life. Yeah. Because I stayed home with her for nine months. Wow. Yeah. It was, I still work. I still sold real estate, but I mean, it was definitely less. But other than that, other than like a major life change, it's pretty consistent. So you're going to know what your budget is. And then you just stay within your budget. How long did you stay home with your son? Six months. I mean, when I stay, say, when I say stay home, sometimes I had to bring him to my mom or something, but yes. He did not go to daycare until six months. Right. She didn't go until nine months. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Um, And I don't even, I don't even want to think about what I would do today if I had babies. But good news, I don't. (laughs) So it's fine. Um, Okay. Here's an easy one for you, Alyssa. Do you give your clients a closing gift? And is it the same every time? Same every time. I don't want to reinvent the wheel and stress. Uh Okay. Sellers, if they loved their house, get a watercolor painted picture of yep. it. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Sellers, if they love their house, get all their professional pictures you in a book. photo book. Where do you get the book from? Like Walgreens or CVS. How do you, up- you upload it straight to Walgreens? Or- mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, it's just something for them to keep on their bookshelf to remember their home. I love that. And then buyers get a watercolor painting of their new home. I love it. Okay. Is that, I, you do your stamps with the I address. Do the, yeah, I, I do like the return too. address stamp. Y'all, it is, I get them on Amazon. The brand is Remarks. I've had a lot of people ask me in my Instagram stories. Um, it is $20. I'm not ashamed to say. Buyers love it because it has a code where they go online and pick what they want the actual like stamp to say. But it you give them the real stamp and then they just have to switch out the plate. Do you get charged when they... No, it's, it's part of the $20. Oh. So they get a code, they go online. I don't even think they're shipping. Like they get, it comes to them and then they put it, it comes stamping thank you. Then they'll remove the thank you plate and put in whatever they chose. Gotcha. I, they love it. They love sending me a note after so that I can see their address. Yeah. It's just, it's super fun. I love it. That is always, always, always for the buyers and for the sellers. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times they don't get a gift, but just in the last few, I've decided to start doing the watercolor, like yeah, painting. If they, if it, yeah. If they're emotional about their house, but y'all, if they're also, cause most of my 
most of my closings now are buyers and sellers. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're moving up. I mean, that's my, that's my deal. Back to back. They're back to back. So I'm not going to necessarily need to buy them one per transaction. A lot of times right. these things are happening at the same time. So. Sometimes I do two watercolors and have them one on top of the other. Oh, and that's so it's cute. like your old house and, and your, your new, new house. house. Oh, I might have to do that. Yeah, it's cute. All right, well, that's adorable. But yes, it is always the same. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to think. In the beginning, I used to try to be all creative oh, and it was God. horrible. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine <laughs> if that's what you love to do. And y'all, as a two Enneagram, I love a gift. I love to give a gift. I'm a big fan of it, but it's just not practical. I can buy six of these stamps at a time or 10 or 50 or whatever, yeah. put it in my closet. They and don't take up that much. They love it. I love it. Everyone's happy. And I don't have to reinvent the wheel literally every time. Sure. I don't, I mean, I would love to give everyone a specialized basket with all their favorite foods and beverages, but I just don't have the, One the time bandwidth. I um, had to go show a house a little further out. Yes. But I had a client one time that had bought a house way out there. Okay. And I just, I, he was just an older guy. I just loved him so much. He right. was so sweet. And every time I showed him houses, he had the uh, light blue monster. Okay. energy drink. Okay. That was, I I'm never like, saw that? him. Yes. I, I never no saw him without the light blue monster energy drink. I was kind of like, what am I, I have to go all the way out there to show this house it's so far. And then I was like, wait, he lives out there. And I, I just went to Rouse's and bought a six pack and I just left it on his front door. This is post, this wasn't at closing. No. Yeah. Yeah. This is just like, a closing gift. This was just a gift, but Aww. I just left it on his front door stoop with like my card and wrote like, was in your area, thought of you or whatever. And he texted me when he got home and he was like, what a great surprise. But it's like, I was just in the area yeah. and it was like right. $7 Aww. to buy a six pack of I those energy drinks. I love that. Foods. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Okay. Hmm. Next. I don't really know that this is a question. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to say it to you and you can decide. This comes from Georgia. It literally said, listings versus buyers. Whoa. And I'll just make it into a question. Okay. I'm ready. Do you like one more than the other? And do you feel differently about them now than you did at the beginning of your career? I go through phases Yep. where sometimes I really like listings mm-hmm. more than buyers. Yep. And sometimes I really like buyers more than listings. Yep. I guess it just all do depends you, on the client. That's right. And <laughs> do you know what I told my friend recently? I, she, I said, how's it going? You have a lot of listings or buyers or I don't know. I'm kind of over listing. I said, it just depends on who was the last annoying person you had. Who burnt you out? Was it a listing or was it a buyer? It could go either way. I will say in the beginning, I was afraid of listings. Yes. Because you're it's just a little bit more stressful. You need to have more knowledge. Yes. You need to be more confident. You need to be more comfortable with the market. So I would say to you, for sure, at the beginning, I would be like, oh, buyers, give me the buyers. Yeah. It's so easy. There's a list of what's available in their price range. They can pick whatever they want to see. End of the story, whatever. Um, now, I would say, if I want to live within my boundaries and have my time, listings. Mm-hmm. And I love the staging. And I love... Mm-hmm. I love getting the house ready and then seeing someone want to buy it and realize that's because the seller and myself did work. Yes. And we made good decisions and Mm -hmm. it paid off. And it's like, there's a level of being rewarded in that that I like. Yeah. And you get the rewarding feeling from buyers too, but that's my thought on buyers versus sellers. Yeah. Okay. Here is one from New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Okay. 
they have per- to start they have purchased our templates so okay. it came sort of in this vein um what should you repeat in a listing appointment that may have already been covered in your email template mm-hmm. uh, do you reiterate everything so the pre-listing template i don't rediscuss my resume right i don't rediscuss so I I make it clear that this checklist that I have attached, I would like it to be done when you get there. When I get there. Yeah. As much as possible. Okay. In fact, for those of you who have bought the templates, mm-hmm. I recently just started adding that little sentence in that pre-listing template next to the homeowner. What does it say? So where in the, when it says this email includes a checklist to help you get your house ready, mm-hmm. I have gone in and added like a little star that says, I do encourage sellers to have as much on this list done before before I come come, unless it is painting. (gasps) Please let me approve any color choices before painting. Thank God. And that had to be added recently. Because someone painted? Because someone painted. And, you know, they were so proud that they had done the list. But the paint was wrong. The paint was wrong. And so it's funny because these templates are there as a guide. Yes. And then you can modify. Yes. So we're not going to go through. Yeah, I don't go through my resumes. Yeah, I don't go through. You're right. I don't go through any of that really. No, but I just say, um, do you have the property disclosure and homeowner information sheet ready? Mm-hmm. Because it was in the template. Yeah, and I will say, I think, and we've covered this in depth in the listing um, interview or episode. appointment episode. Yes, but when I get there, I mean, we're walking through the house for the first time. I'm asking them questions about themselves, their mm-hmm. house, where mm-hmm. they're going. It's still going to be, you know, a good 15 to 20 minute conversation. It's yeah. not like I just show up with the folder and I'm like, here you go. Give me those papers. Bye. You know what I say a lot? What? I know I sent you most of the information ahead of time. Did you have any questions about it? Yes. I like that. Just so it's like, just a reminder that you I already did. have all this. You have everything friend. you need. That's any fair. questions? Okay. I like it. All right. One more. Well, two more. Okay, this one's long and I didn't part it down. So I'm just going to read it to you from the message that because they couldn't even fit it in the question box okay. on Instagram. Okay, um, this is, uh, okay, we, you ladies are very word of mouth, referral based, which I love. That's yeah. how I do my business too. But do you ever try to solicit listings? When Alyssa says she's been very listing heavy, is she just getting her repeat clients referral network or is she sending sold postcards or any sort of outreach whatsoever? My listings are all word of mouth, friends, referrals, but I'm trying to bust into a new market Mm -hmm. where I don't have many friends and family. So Mm -hmm. just curious on your approach or other things that both have done in the past that work to get listings before you switched to referral based business. Okay. You're, I have a funny story about this. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> um, yes. Most of my listings that I have are word of mouth, repeat referral business. Okay. During, um, so I have a new agent that helps me. I just pay her by the hour as needed. Yes. Sometimes I need her a lot. Sometimes I don't need her much. Right. During COVID, mm-hmm. I know like she needed extra. So I said, okay, look, here's a, here's something you can do. Because I was really into listings. Like I was really enjoying the listing, consultation, whatever. So I said, go through expired and withdrawn listings Uh and write down the addresses of the one that had horrible pictures. Okay. And then you're going to hand write each of them a letter with all my info. Uh And anyone that responds, I'll let you do it with me. 
Okay. So we'll tackle the listing together. Love it. Whatever. Okay. So I think we <laughs> I think we sent out like 15 cards. Okay. Just to say, and it said. I want to hear what it said. I'm it basically dying. just said, you know, I saw that you tried to sell your home. Um, from looking at the marketing and the pictures, I feel like there was a lot that could be improved. I have a checklist that helps my sellers. I'd love to help you. I really feel like because of your location and your area and we targeted locations that like I like. Right. I, I said, I feel like I could sell, sell your home. We can sell it. We can sell it okay. if you're willing to work right. together, whatever. So um, you would think that you would just get this tremendous response. No, 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 no response. Zero However, response. okay, like three months prior in February, there was a, a client that sent me a house that was for sale by owner. Okay. And they wanted to go see it. Okay. And so I called the owner and he seemed nice and um, asked me if my buyers were pre-approved. And I said, yes. Okay. And then I asked him if he had a property disclosure, he could email me. And he did. And then I, I made the appointment for like the next day. Okay. Upon receiving the property disclosure, the home had flooded. Uh, and my people were like, no, no. we don't, we don't want to see it. So I called him to cancel it uh -huh. and he chewed me out <gasps> and said that realtors waste time. All they do is get people's hopes up and I'm so unprofessional. <laughs> and <laughs> where just, is this going? <laughs> when I tell you this man chewed me out. Okay. Oh, my word. Turns out. He had gotten, he got one of my letters because before he was for sale by owner, he was listed with another agent and expired. <laughs> I can't. You sent 15 letters. And he was one. Oh my word. He just happened to be one. Okay. okay. So are you telling me don't send letters to expire? Okay. Listen how bad this turns out. Oh my God. I can't. So listen to how bad this turns <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he so that's you know in April that um I write the letters. Okay. February is when he yelled at me. So your letter came after, after he, he yelled, yelled at, at you. Yes. So he yelled, called and yelled at you again? Yes. He called <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and he called my broker. Oh, and was like, this woman. Because here's what happened. He called me. He goes, Hey, Alyssa, this is so-and-so. I have no idea right. who this is. He said, the house on Main Street, whatever you street. were like, I don't what. Okay. And again, I'm like, I don't. I don't he's know. like, well, I mean, and I said, I'm so sorry. Can I'm not sure what you're ref. Well, I got a letter from you. And I'm like, do you mind letting me know what the letter says? So he reads it to me, and I realize what's happening. And he goes, I found it interesting that you think you could sell my house when you couldn't sell it in February. And I said, you know, I have an assistant that helps me send these letters <laughs> out. Uh, and I'm so sorry that we bothered you. I should not have sent you this letter. I'm so sorry. So you don't want to sell my house. He said, because I'll list with you. Oh, and I said, were you like, no, thank you. No, thank I you. I said, to be honest with you, sir, the way you spoke to me in February, I don't think we would be good business partners. And he hung up on me. Sweet. Then he called my broker. Shit. Because, <laughs> because I basically wrote him a letter and then rejected him. 
<laughs> because I basically I, said, this is not helping at all. I basically said, hey, I can help you sell your house. And, I then, don't, and then you were me. like, I don't, I actually have changed my mind. I, I don't want you. to. Then he called me and he's like, oh, great. What did Connie say to him? Connie. <laughs> What did he say to her? He was like, your agent wrote me a letter but then, saying she wanted to work with me. But then when I tried to work with her, she said no and blah, blah, blah. And Connie is such a bulldog. She just takes it like she's just listening and letting him vent and saying she's sorry and apologizing for me. Oh, my word. And then she calls uh, me. And she's like, Alyssa, Mr. Smith. I'm like, I'm sorry, Connie. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. It was an accident. Okay. So... That's my letters, only attempt. Letters. I feel like it would be a great idea, though. I, <laughs> right. I can't Because believe. our listeners, after hearing that story, are going to be sure to run out and send some letters to expire. I can't believe nobody else responded. It was only 15. I know. You'd probably have to do like 100 to just get one listing. I thought, That's like, what I'll say. Look, yeah. I think that it is a great idea to farm a location. It sounds like yeah. this agent is trying to get into a different location but within her same MLS, right? Yeah. I think that is a great idea. I do too. Do I think postcards can work? Yes. Do I think they need to be something other than just listed, just sold? Yes. Um whatever. I thought because yes. this was a personal letter <laughs> it would work. <laughs> do I think that this agent could write a personal letter that says, hey, I'm trying to break into your market. I really love your neighborhood. I've noticed that your house is beautiful and your blue shutters just make me smile. If you ever think about selling, keep me in mind. Yeah. Do I think that's a, a possible long-term plan? Yes. Long-term. Long-term. Yeah. Um, do I think that what might be an even faster route to get into a specific area would be find some agents that have listings in that market and ask them if you could hold them open? Mm-hmm. Get involved with the buyers that are in that area. You'll get some off of those open houses. You might even get some neighbors who want to list off those open houses. That's what I would do. Yeah. Frequent coffee shops in those areas. Yes. Join out some groups in that area. If you're posting on social media, yeah. tag those neighborhoods. Post pictures of the neighborhood entrance. Tag it. Post yeah. pictures of the coffee shop around the corner. Tag the neighborhood. You know, like start... And that's just getting down a whole rabbit hole. But I do think there are ways to pick up some listings in a new market. Um, you're just going to have to give it time. Yeah. Go join a gym in the neighborhood you want to work in. Yeah. Like not. not got, you got to get the people. You got to get to the people. And mm -hmm. I know COVID makes it tricky, but y'all can do it. Right. All right. Um, the This kind of might have been it. You've already told it. <laughs> this, que <laughs> this question was from uh, North Carolina. What's a crazy real estate story? <laughs> <laughs> Writing letters to people and then rejecting them. Oh my God. I think that one was so good. I'll tell you mine. Do you want okay. to hear mine? Yeah, Do you have one? I mean, we have a million. I have a few written down. Okay. We're getting to the end of our You want to go limit. for like four minutes, maybe? I'm going to tell this one story and okay. then you can tell one. Okay. Even though I think the one you just told, you probably can't <laughs> top. Okay. I forgot about that. Last week. Last week. If you So if you're on my Instagram stories, you're going to already know the story. Sorry. Um, last week I had a client, it is a seller and a buyer. She was buying the house that she's moving to first dream home. She's so excited, single mom, but her children are like in their early twenties grown. She is jazz, jazz, jazz. She's buying this house on a golf course and her lot. So it's got like a iron fence and there's a pond between her backyard and the fairway. Okay. And she, we close in the morning and she 
you didn't hear the story yet? Mm-mm. Oh my God. Mm. She calls me in the afternoon and I'm always like, oh no. Like after closing? Yes. Okay. The day of. Mm-hmm. Like nothing good comes out of these phone calls. No. You've gone to the house for the first time. Something's happened. Something is wrong. I'm like, hey, how's it going? She's like, um, okay, it's fine. Well, I just, I have a question for the seller. She says, look, um, actually she doesn't even say that. She says, yeah, um, well, there is something. I'm like, oh God, what is it? I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. She says, I, I, I think there's an alligator in the backyard. And I'm like, <gasps> oh man. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, you have a pond back there. So she says, listen, I'm not certain that it's alive. I think it might be a statue, but I can't tell. And I need you to call the seller and find out if this is a statue of an alligator because my lawn people are here and we're afraid. Like they're trying to like look at the yard to give her a price. And we don't know. And I called the HOA. So she called the HOA first before me and asked them because it's in the pond. Yes. That's like by the fairway of this golf course. And they said, no, you know, it's not ours. I mean, it could be fake. It, you know, maybe they were trying to like chase away ducks or geese or something with this like fake alligator. I'm like, oh, dear heavens. So she says, could you call the seller? Because I'm going to have to call Wildlife and Fisheries if this is not, if this is a real alligator. I'm like, yes, yes immediately. I call the agent. He does not answer. I'm feverishly texting. Oh, my God. Like, is this is an this alligator, alligator or not? He calls me back. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to need you to call the seller right now and find out. If there is a statue of an alligator in this pond, he's like, oh man, you know, and he had a sign on that side. He's like, mm-hmm. I was just there this morning getting my sign. I didn't notice it. And I'm like, oh my oh, God, no, it's, it's a probably real, it's real. real. He's like, let me call her real quick. He calls her. He immediately calls me back. Hey, yeah, um, that alligator is fake. <laughs> it is a statue. It is just the head like poking out of the water. And she and the, the seller and the neighbor had put it in there and it wasn't to chase off ducks or geese do you want to take a stab in the dark at what they were doing with that alligator what they were chasing off nutria oh nutria right yeah yeah for any of our listeners outside of louisiana <laughs> these are giant rodents nutria problem we have a in problem louisiana. <laughs> they are giant rodents you can look that up on your own time oh my god i of course call my and she sends me a picture in the meantime it looked pretty legit i'll show you later and i'll maybe post it on our um facebook or instagram but it looked real it looked really real and she i called her back and i'm like it's fake she's like oh thank god oh my gosh end of story that's amazing. It was so hilarious. Louisiana problems. Louis, hashtag Louisiana problems. Mm-hmm. And also, if <laughs> you don't want anyone to think Louisiana is that, and that is yeah. exactly the call that I got. Right. And um, it made me say to myself, I love this job more every day. Every day. Every day. I love it. And I would. this is why I could never stop. Yeah. Because the stories are so good. All right. What you got? I'll tell one more. Okay. Um, so this was a few years ago and it was like one of my first bigger listings. It was okay. like 600 something. And it was a referral from the, my banker, oh. the lady who helps me at my bank. Love it. And so, um, the lady that was selling was kind of go, was in some emotional distress. Okay. She was having somewhat of a midlife, cri- mid-life crisis, mm-hmm. decided she didn't want to take any medicine anymore, wanted to like do self-healing okay. and essential oils and only and okay. when maybe like medicine can be good, oh, you know? fair. And so we sell her house pretty quickly. Okay. But I cannot get her out. She won't move out. She won't move out. Like th- the buyer called me after, the buyer's agent called me after the final walkthrough and said, Alyssa, 
Mm, she hasn't, she's not moving out at all. Like she's unpacked a thing. No. What happened? And I had sent, like I had checked in, blah, blah, blah. And she told she me. She said she was going she to was move. She was like, I'll move out. But like, so it was, the buyer was upset talking about like canceling closing altogether because like it's not <gasps> even close. Oh, no. So I had to have this, I had to get very firm with her <laughs> and be like, you have to get out. You have to get out. And she didn't have any help. So I I was over there until like I went to her house and I was just like helping her box things. I called a, a mover. Oh my god. And she she was agreed to pay him. And I told him, You can you box things up? Like she hadn't boxed anything. Oh man. So me and this mover were just there, like shoving everything into <laughs> a moving van and oh, no. I'm moving and and then she, there's things, though, like, I find her, like, in the pantry on the floor eating a granola bar. And I'm like, you got to help, lady. We got to get going. And she's like, I feel like I should donate this, but I don't want to because it's, if someone could be, it's too not, what, do, will you take it? So I just started saying, yes, sure, yes. And I would just go put it, like, in the back of my car. And I just took loads to Salvation Army oh or whatever. Oh, my gosh. So after it was all over, my email goes out asking for reviews. Oh no. And she calls me and she says, Alyssa, I I didn't want to leave you a bad review. Thanks for not doing that. I do appreciate that. <laughs> but she said, I just want to let you know that I was not pleased with how you handled everything. And I don't appreciate the fact that you took advantage of me and took all of my things that you like wanted my things for your home. <laughs> Um, come again? I said, I was not trying to take your things. You, I just knew you were having trouble parting. Like you wanted someone to take them because you didn't want them anymore. And we needed to empty the house and we only had eight hours. Right. And we were under a time crunch. So I'm very sorry you felt that way. But I can promise you, I was not trying to take your I don't, things. I don't, I don't even have them now. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> if you want them back, they're for sale. Right. We can go buy them. We can go get them back. Oh, you no. But she felt like, as she said, you rushed me. And, and it was just one of those things where I just yeah. had to take a deep breath. Yeah. And I called my banker after because I didn't want that message yeah because there was a referral and i just said i want to thank you we did get her closed um i don't know if she oh. she did let me know at the end that she wasn't super happy with the way you know we handled some things at the end because i couldn't get her to move out and she said Girl. she was like Mm-mm, don't even worry about it she's like i <laughs> i can imagine so <gasps> were, she were knew. you also like thanks thank you so much thanks for that for referral yes but anyways, it was just interesting because she thought I was, like, stealing her things. <laughs> and I wasn't. Oh, my gosh. So good. Okay. Are you ready for a toast? Yeah. I like – that was so fun. That was a fun episode. That was so we'll fun. do it again. Okay. We'll to- yes, because I didn't even finish all the questions. Okay. So this toast is coming from Christine Cooper um, in Whidbey Island, Washington. Oh. And she is going to toast to her broker, Kristen Stavros. Okay. She's this are these are her words. She's such an empowering, uplifting person and always there for those who need her. She has big plans for the brokerage and I want her to know how much I appreciate her. That's awesome. I know that's so good. So cheers to Kristen yes. and thank you to Christine for sending us an amazing toast. So sweet. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, goodbye, friends. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.